1: Frank, a difficult night. What do you think went wrong for your team?
2: Mistakes, crucial mistakes, allowing their, their strengths. You know, we were we were comfortable for 15, 20 minutes. Um, individual errors leading to goals took the game away from us. And from then on, it's really difficult when you when you go two or three 0 down. It's really difficult. Clearly, when you come to a place like this with the quality that they have, it was, it was mistakes within the team. There's things you know you can point out the strengths of a Tottenham team, uh, individuals and the way they play their style, and so when you know what's coming and then you fall foul of it and you let it happen, then that that's the most disappointing thing. And then the reaction, yeah, of course the reaction wasn't good enough, and it's the reaction of a team that probably used to losing away from home for a long time, and that's that's something that we need to sort out. So, um, but it all starts from football. It all starts from a mistake, and then you go goals down, and then these games are really tough when that happens.
0: Hello, Evertonians and welcome back to the Toffee Web Podcast, coming to you after another away game, which means we're dealing with another Everton defeat, and this time, no ordinary loss, but a 5-0 hammering at the hands of Tottenham that has once again set the alarm bells ringing. Paul is here, as ever, and we'll get into what went wrong um, in North London, touch on the cup win over Boreham Wood, and talk about Wolves at home. But I'll start by introducing Adam McCulloch on his debut on the show, Adam helped steer us in the right direction uh, when we first floated the idea of doing a podcast for the site last year, and we're delighted to welcome on. So, Adam, welcome. And uh, why don't you give us your uh, Everton backstory?
1: Thank you very much. Nice to be. I feel like a bit of a last-minute sub. Uh, John Joe Kenny, <laughs> maybe, just sort of <laughs> uh, thrown in at the deep end. But, um, yeah, um, I'm, um, yeah, I am yeah, come from a long line of Evertonians. Um for better or for worse. So, uh, yeah, my family from Walton originally, just around the corner from the ground. Uh, I grew up in Sheffield, uh, but get to as many games as I can. Um, And, yeah, I've had a a tough week, I must say, uh, soul-searching as an Evertonian. But, um, yeah, always enjoyed uh, Top Web. I think I mentioned Teal and when I first spoke about it, but it's been my... uh, it's been my homepage on my uh, internet browser for all about about 20 years now so uh, yeah kind of kind of growing up with uh, Toffee web so uh, nice to see it moving into the 21st century of a podcast so uh, yeah really happy to be here uh,
0: Absolutely. That, that kind of blow my mind a bit when people say that you know that it's the the site is their first port of call it's uh, it's it's very it's very cool actually uh paul how are you doing my friend yeah not bad
2: thank you not bad um yeah, I think we're all still licking our wounds a bit, aren't we, after um after Monday night against Tottenham. But uh yeah, we're good I'm trying to G myself up. we trying to you know, we've got two home games coming up. We've got a got a cup game, big cup game coming up. So uh trying ever so hard to be to be optimistic, um going into going into this weekend and into next uh, next week, but it never gets easier, does it? <laughs> trying to be optimistic being a, being an Evertonian. So but yeah, all good otherwise, mate. How are you?
0: Good. Yeah, yeah. Not too bad. I think we're all feeling exactly the same way. I've kind of felt like I've had this cloud hanging over me for the last few days. But um, we're, like you say, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to g ourselves up for um, what is going to be a big week uh, for the Blues. Uh, before we get going, um, I just wanted to express our condolences to the friends and family of Gordon Lee, uh, who obviously passed away uh, yesterday at the age of 87. Gordon was, of course, um, Everton manager between 1977 and 1981, so a bit before our collective time, but um, one of the Blues, I suppose, nearly men uh, before he made way for Howard Kendall. Uh, He, of course, led the Blues to a couple of cup semifinals, presided over Bob Latchford's incredible goal-scoring season, and uh, twice had us finishing the top four, but there was uh, a small matter of that lot across the park, enjoying um, unprecedented success standing in his way, so he's probably not the first... Or last Everton manager to have that um, that that problem. Um, so let's uh, let's chat about Boreham Wood very quickly. Um, we won as expected. Salomon Rondon scored a couple of good strikers' goals. Uh, there was a forty-five minute run out for Nathan Patterson, but it was pretty uninspiring, really, wasn't it, Paul?
2: Yeah, I wasn't very impressed to be honest. With uh, Nathan Patterson did an awful lot. I could, you could kind of see why he wasn't in the team or hasn't been in the team, really. Um, but he wasn't doing well. You know, it was pretty pretty lethargic, I guess. I mean, it's they're always funny, them games, aren't they? I mean, you, we've had a few of them against... I think of all the, all the teams against... The, all the games against non-league teams, of, of the, the ones I can remember have all been 2-0, I think. Was it Tamworth and I forget who else we played under um, maybe under David Moyes? And, yeah, I think we finished them all 2-0. So, but they've all been kind of quite similar. The, the players are kind of mostly in... Third gear, maybe maybe edging towards fourth gear, and they sort of bundle through. I suppose relatively comfortably in the end, but you always you kind of leave them games thinking, well, that wasn't that wasn't very good. But uh, I mean, quarterfinal, and you got you can't really complain. And I, I guess looking at the draw as well, I mean, you, you're happy you're happy to get Crystal Palace there, albeit away. It's well look at the away form you wouldn't say it's it's winnable would you but it's a uh, you know it's, you think okay you got a chance there in in, in a sort of one off cup game you've avoided all the big teams just a bit of a shame a couple of the other sort of big ones couldn't have just played each other because yeah you kind of the, the likely as we get through and you're going to have to play man city chelsea or liverpool so it's it, you know it's it, which is which is frustrating for the semi final but Let's see how we go there. Let's see if we can get through first. But yeah, it's good to see Rondon score a couple of goals. Good, good, good run out for a few players. Shows how important the Charleston is coming off the bench because we were poor early until until he came on. Um, yeah, not as like you say, not an awful lot to say about the game, is there? It's, uh, we won, we got through, um, and yeah, into the quarterfinals. That's let's hope for the best with that.
1: How did
0: you see it, Adam?
1: Uh, much the same, yeah. I mean, the, there wasn't really a lot of kind of interest on show. I guess, yeah, Rondon getting the goals. Um, I mean, it, it was probably the more sort of positive spin. I guess was more of a kind of which is sadly often the case is more of a sort of off the pitch stuff. You know, how nice we were to and Wood, or um, you know, the kind of uh, the gestures towards people like Mikolenko getting a game reception he got. Um, I thought, yeah, you know, we, we had our chances. I, I thought, you know. Gordon got himself some really good positions, didn't quite have that kind of final bit of cutting edge. Um, it, it was a strange one with Patterson coming off. I, I didn't necessarily feel that he sort of warranted that kind of treatment. But then I also totally understood bringing Richarlison into the game because, as you said, Paul, he, he changed the game, really. Uh, we, we needed him really off the bench, just someone kind of running behind and causing them problems. But um, yeah, in my heart, um, again, yeah, Palace on paper, looks winnable. But how many times have we said that this season, particularly with um, away performances? Um, but hopefully we can find a bit of momentum in the Cup but where maybe yeah, we, we can carry that into the league form. But obviously, as I'm sure we're going to discuss, that didn't happen uh, on Monday. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see.
0: I was disappointed to see Paterson come off, actually, because I mean, we've all been really, really keen to see um, you know what he's like and, and what he can do, and I thought he was one of the the brighter sparks mm. in the first half. But um, I mean, I suppose I suppose it made sense if you wanted to keep, you know, the experience of the likes of John Joe Kenny in there. And, and as you say, Richarlison made a big difference coming off the bench. I mean, it, it was one of those games where, you know, as the as the better team, there's a there's almost a bit of um, complacency about it, almost like a exhibition match feel about it <clears throat> there's you know there's obviously not a lot of urgency a lot of tempo because I, I suspect that they expect at some point you know to get the goals to win the game so it wasn't the uh, the greatest spectacle from uh, from that point of view and i, I think um paul the, the the other win that you were trying to think of i think was against woking and that was one nil back oh was day. it mm-hmm. yeah i think it was back in the day wasn't it in the in the 90s i think can't actually remember, remember, but it was yeah. Again, one of those games where you expect, you know, the Premier League to absolutely smash the non-league team. And, and it ends up just being one or two nil. So, yeah, it's just uh, I think it's just the nature of the of the, of the beast, really. Um, but uh, yeah, as you say, we uh, weren't able to to take that into um, into Monday. I don't think any of us were um, <clears throat> expecting things to be quite that bad. I mean, I, I'd said on the pod, and, and I think I'd mentioned on the site that. Know, it was possible we weren't going to get any points from Southampton City or Tottenham um, which I think is is fine as far as it goes but you know to, to to get us walloped as hard as we did at Spurs was uh was pretty tough to take um, And I, I mean, we've alluded to how we're how we're feeling about it but uh, um, I mean what what were your immediate thoughts after that Adam
1: um well um I mean I'll watch about the goals um Today, in preparation for this, which uh, wow, that that, that pick me up. Um, yeah, I'm just going to watch Bambi after this, and really just you know, <laughs> just round off the day nicely. Um, it's it's striking how how brittle we 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 really were. Um, we, we we were so easy to play through. I mean, I think Lampard in the interviews mentioned the sort of first ten to fifteen minutes being. Okay, which I, I guess was accurate in that we didn't concede, but as soon as as soon as the own goal um, happened, and it's another Michael Keane error, it's another Michael Keane own goal. Actually, uh, I think it's two for the season now. Um, as soon as that moment kind of happened, you just collectively, you know, whether you were watching at home like I was, um, but worse than that. More pertinently, the players um, just seem to completely sink inward, and we, we we never we never looked like getting back into. it, Obviously, conceding so soon after um, a Pickford error, which I mean he's been more consistent this season, but it's it's sadly it's 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 one of those. But it's going to kind of get flagged up. Um, but the ease with which Spurs played through us—I mean, we, we played into the hands. I think it's probably. The first game I've watched where I feel like it's there's there's more culpability with Lampard. Um, I think there was some tactical naivety there in how we set up against a Spurs side who we know have two incredibly dangerous players, uh, but who who are also coming on the back of a defeat to Middlesbrough. Um, yes, they've had some good results recently, but um, you know they, they they were a wounded animal. And we, we were coming off the back of a you know a cup win we should, we and, and also a really good performance against City it must be said even though where we didn't get the result and obviously you know a poor decision at the end of that's kind of cost it as well but um I I don't think I don't think there's really much you can say about the players I feel like yeah like I say Lampard culpable to an extent but to a man maybe apart from Gordon um that's that's as, that's as, as I've seen all season, it was it was it was really, really poor, and it and it could have been worse. I think I think five in some ways did did Spurs a disservice. I think they could have scored more, and you could see the confidence they were playing. I mean, like the the Kane finish for the fifth goal. I, I don't think he, he he takes a shot like that earlier on in the game, but we we made it so easy by that point. Um, it yeah, it's it's a, it's a really bitter pill to swallow that game. How about you guys? I mean, I'm assuming more of the same, so. Okay.
2: Yeah, same. Um, I found the fifth goal the most frustrating because we we, we tried playing it out from. Like, they, they had like a high press on anyway, didn't they? And they went off for a goal kick, and we tried a very quick. I think they were still showing the replay of the chance they just had, and all of a sudden they sort of cut back, and the ball was played over, and Kane Kane smashed it, in on the volume, and you saw saw the back. Is like why are they trying to play it out from the back when the, the Spurs are already like quite far forward? Yeah, you know, I mean we're four and all down already. I mean we're not gonna, you know, surely there's a time to just sort of take a minute, lads, and just get up the pitch a bit and just boot the boot. You know, what I mean it's just stupid naivety like that. And um, it was so like trying to play, even like right to the end, still trying to play all this like silly ticky tacky stuff. And I just, I just couldn't understand why, why we're playing that way. And now I'm all for like, you know, Lamp- we definitely we want Lampard to sort of, you know produces his identity of what he wants of everything but there's you know times and places isn't there when you're when you're battling relegation and you're the way it spurs and when you're you're getting beat quite quite well getting battered well you know it's not the time to be not the time to be doing that and you're right it was, was disappointing some of Lampard's decisions there and the way, the way the way we set up but yeah we just waved a white flag so easily didn't we and it was um First goal was obviously yeah, it's a mistake. It happens. Yeah, it, it, it's one of them. It's you know, it, it it's it's a poor goal. to can see it obviously. But I was more annoyed with the second one. I just don't know how we were so so open. And obviously a pick, mm-hmm. for mistake. And then the third one again. Just 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 to give us something to gripe about was. Uh, just the speed of which there was just, you know, a very, very quick VAR call. Like, oh, no, he's onside. And how many times I see these little lines come on and they decide, oh, no, he's off, he's on. We didn't get that. it's just like, said, oh, no, he's off, he's off sorry, he's on. And, and, and that's it. And that was 3-0. I, I don't think we'd have come back into the game at 2-0 anyway, but it was just that were like, oh, oh great, that's it, is it? You know, sort of thing. So I just felt like it was really, yeah, it just kind of sucked the whole game, didn't it? And, yeah, it was, um, I was watching that in the pub with uh, one or two Blues and a couple of... Uh, couple of reds who couldn't stop stop giggling to themselves and who could blame them it was just uh it was just so so horrible it's like wretched to watch and when you what we 4-0 down 45 seconds into the second half, like oh jesus and then it must have been like 5-0 with at least half an hour to go and you're right adam you were kids, kind of like hoping it wasn't going to get worse than that and uh had to put like an extra man in defence at the end just to sort of eventually <laughs> go okay. Like we'll we'll take five. That'll <laughs> that'll have to do it, you know. So um, yeah, it was really, really, really uh, dreadful, as bad as you can really remember, which which says a lot, really, doesn't it? Because it's been been a very, very poor poor season.
0: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully the low point. Fingers crossed. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't want to. F- I don't really want to fault. Um, f- lampard too much for as you say trying to imprint his uh his ethos and, and how he wants us to play um but at the same time i think you know as, as we discussed on the on the on the podcast here the southampton performance was really the the, the warning sign for me is just, just to how easily they were playing around the press um yeah, and, and i've said it to two, two weeks running now that we need to be much more compact and um you know, away from home and, and play like the away side. And I think that we've started both of those away games, Southampton and Tottenham, as if it were the home team, which which is fine as far as it goes. But once things start going against you, as it did obviously with the, with the, the, the keynote goal, you've got to regroup and you've got to focus on being hard to beat. I mean, I was looking at how difficult it was for us to, to negotiate our way past Tottenham. And I was wondering, why are we not doing the same thing? Why are we so open? Because <clears throat> we were just incredibly open at times. Um, and I mean, they just they just picked us off. It was a really professional job by um, by Tottenham. And I don't know if Conte had looked at the way that we we set up at Southampton and thought that we'd go the same way, and then that was the easy way to beat us. But I mean, whatever he thought, he he got it, obviously obviously got it spot on. Um, yeah. And now, I mean, obviously that it's it's. The mantra has been we've just got to forget about it, but i my concern is that the, the manner of that defeat and the, and the the magnitude of it is there's going to be a psychological hangover from that. and I'm hoping that um, that, that obviously Lampard is is working his his psychological magic um, at Finch Farm this weekend and getting them G'd up. And obviously the um, you know the home crowd's going to be up for it again because the home crowd knows that hmm. they really are the key to to getting this club out of out of trouble. Um, and if that's what has to happen, then that's what has to happen. And, and that probably will happen. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, the next two games, obviously being at home, he can, he can focus on the way that he wants to play, but really away from home. I'm hoping that he is now seen, that he's now got the message that this team is not able to play even remotely the way that he wants to away from home. Um, and that we need to set ourselves up um, to, to basically play like an inferior team away from home. That's trying not to get beaten and um, focus first on, on just trying to grind out a point and anything else from that as a bonus.
1: Well, that's the thing, isn't it? The last sort of positive away result was the game against Chelsea where we were, you know, backs of a wall for pretty much the entire game. Yeah, reliant on a set piece goal, but we dug in and played like an away side. It was backs of a wall, um, resilience and that's, that's probably how we need to play, you know, a performance like we did against City in that Spurs game probably gets us a point. And I think, yeah, yeah I'm, I, I sort of appreciate what Lampard was trying to do in terms of imprint our style on the game and play positively. Cause we, you know, the fact is we need points on the board, but it, yeah, I, as you say, the players aren't really equipped to do that. And I think it was, it was striking as well. I mean, it's, it's something we've, we've kind of known about, but the, the pace of our back four is just, it's, it's not good enough against most sides, but particularly against the likes of Son and Kane. Um, I mean, Kane was waltzing through. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I, I saw some uh, post-match analysis from Jamie Carriger, um, which, you know, is sort of a real slap in the face after, uh, you know, when you're down. But um, he, he, was, he was completely right in the sense that, you know, Kane's just, uh, you know, streaking ahead of the likes of, Keenan Holgate and he's not a player known with that sort of real pace and Mm -mm. we we looked really slow and I mean when I when I was looking at the back four I mean it's it's the same back four now that we've had since the Leeds game which makes sense because that's one thing we've really not had all season is a is a kind of consistent back four Mm -hmm. um the one consistent thing's been Michael Keane. So I mean, what does that really say? I think he, he's he's the only one who's kind of been in pretty much every sort of setup we've had at the back. Um, and again, he was he was he was he was poor against Spurs. It's, you know, I, I don't particularly like singling individuals out because you know I think even even in the build-up to the first goal, I think Coleman's caught out a little bit. I think Holgate was like I say slow to react a lot. John Joe Kenny is you know trying, but he's he, he's not a left back. Um, He's certainly yeah. not a Premier League left-back, maybe even a Premier League full-back. Um, but, yeah, the, the ease with which sort of Spurs went past us, I think centre-back's gone from a position where I thought we looked pretty well-stocked at the start of the season to, to my eyes anyway, a, a real area of concern. Um, whether having Godfrey back fit helps or not, I don't know whether going back to some sort of three-at-the-back system helps I don't know, um, but I think yeah, for, for certain, I think in, in the next away performance, which is is that, is that West Ham?
0: I think is is it Watford? Or oh, did that one no. got moved. That I get think I got
1: moved in it. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think yeah, we we, we we do need to set up like like an away side, like a an old school Moyes away side, really, and just you know play like we want the point and anything else is a bonus because we need points on the board, simple as that.
2: In, in a weird way, I think it's the next game, actually, Crystal Palace. In a weird way, despite it being cup football, it's, and <laughs> it's about the win. Is that an opportunity to maybe experiment with like a, a more, well, maybe not experiment's the wrong word, but to try that sort of like, you know, at, at no real sort of consequence, you know, and try that sort of like, the you know, um Set up to you know not to not lose sort of sort of uh, effort I, d- I don't know just a <laughs> just a thought really which um, yeah I don't know whether that's an opportunity to do with that but I think it's personnel he's missing in the back isn't it it's the same yeah it's, it, it's that them two are struggling aren't they really particularly away Keane and Holgate and as you say I imagine Wolves you, you'd imagine you'll get Ben Ben Goffey back into the team somewhere I still don't know what Ben Goffey's best position is across that back I, I don't quite trust him at centre back. Yeah, I mean Um, yeah, maybe maybe he'd be good in a three, perhaps. Like on on either side of the of that, it's, it's it's probably that sort of. You know, his his most standout performances last season was sort of filling in at left back, or when he was sort of Carlo Ancelotti did quite a good job, didn't he? When, and then Luka Dean came back fit. He played Luca Dean further up, and then he'd adapt it back to a five if they were defending. Then Luca Dean would push on into a four, and he'd sort of go into that sort of left back role. Um, at times then, Ben, and that, that kind of worked quite well. I don't know if we could maybe look at a similar template if we still are Dean, I guess, but we don't. So, like, I don't know, uh, yeah, what the answer is there. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's a real muddle. We got ourselves in with them, um, with who we got available at the back. And, yeah, everyone goes back to, oh, yeah, we're really missing Jeremy yeah, He's the best centre-back, but he's, he's never fit, you know what I mean? So, we never, you know, it's not like it's a new thing to to not have him available. So, um, they, they need to figure out a way. And I'd like to say, I'll oh, give Bramfwick games, but you feel like that would be, um, almost wouldn't be fair on them because, you know, it's, you know, he, at, at his age, is he ready for, you know, it's, it's, is he ready for the relegation? In fact, he looks like a calm, quite a composed player, but can he, can we, can we honestly rely on him to come in and just, uh, and, and make a big difference for us? It's a, it's a real, real problem. We, we find ourselves in the back there. And, um, You'd imagine most teams would be looking at our defence and licking the lips, even coming to goodison. You'd have to assume teams like like wolves who are doing doing very well must think if we can get an early goal there. You know, I mean, if we, we can really sort of worry that defence, and uh, it's it, it's a it's a real it's become a real real headache, hasn't it? And uh, yeah, I think we've really just got a Hope for the best with the home games. And yeah, I was actually optimistic for the Spurs game. I think I was saying the podcast last week, I had a really good feeling. Yeah, you did, about yeah I wasn't, yeah. wasn't going to mention that, but I did it last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to mute that bit, Lin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I was—I was generally quite optimistic because I thought inconsistent Spurs, maybe we got a bit giddy after seeing us play quite, quite well against Man City. I thought with the core back, I thought, yeah, I like in that midfield, we can take the games them a little bit more. So when I saw the team, I wasn't like particularly. I was actually pretty, yeah, pretty happy with the team. But uh me, it was a, a heck of an awakening. The um, the inability to cut through Spurs, you mentioned, Lin. They did such a professional job defensively we just couldn't get through their lines could we when we, we were getting around their box or that final pass it was just always cut out with that by holberg or one of their center backs we mm-hmm. just could not get the balls through and they and like you said once they got the ball then we'd probably committed a bit too far forward and it was so easy for them to pick us off like that um their, their left back i think um forget his name. He, did he come from uh, Fulham? Um, he had a good game on the left. Oh, um, but, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought, he, he thought he, he's really doing well on the contest, isn't he? He, he he had a really good game out there. He called, caused Coleman a lot of problems, and yeah, we just we were just too stretched, weren't I mean, we? It was a uh, yeah, it was a nightmare. Just uh, yeah, just got to move on, and uh, as you say, let's hope Lampard can can work some magic at Finch Farm. We've got obviously distractions off the pitch as well, haven't we, with Rosmanov and all that and the press and all sorts. So it's, um, and we, you know that sort of thing, it, it can have, a, it must have some sort of effect on players you would have thought and, and on the management and that. So you, you'd assume morale might be quite low at the at Finch Farm. So they got a heck of a job to do, uh, Lampard and his team there of uh, Ging them up and getting them ready because the, the fans will fans will do their part on Saturday and on Thursday and the two games coming up, um, the two big home games. So um, yeah, really need a, management and coaching team to really get the boys focused for this it's a huge couple of games coming up
0: you know they need a um a siege mentality really which is where um we often thrived under Moyes when you it know, felt like everyone was against us <laughs> it does i mean the the press has really really piled on in the last couple of days um you know the, the one that really annoyed me was it uh matt law in the telegraph saying you know it was it was ridiculous to think that Lampard can pull Everton out of the mire. Well, you know, he's still got 13 matches to go, um, you know, eight of which are at home. So uh, why don't we uh, save that until the end of the season? Um, but going back to um, to um, Branthwaite and, and the back threat, I think with um, if Godfrey is fit, and obviously there's concerns about rushing him back too quickly, but I mean, he's been he's been back in, in individual training for a couple of weeks. So hopefully he's he's close. Uh, but I think that him him being fit, obviously, and then having four center halves at, at Lampard's disposal means that he can potentially play the three. You know, the concern was if you play all three of your fit center backs at once, then you really are uh, leaving yourself open to so another one of them getting injured. Um, and I think that, that that's probably the safest way um, if you're going to play Brent because. As you said, Paul, you don't want to put too much on on his young shoulders because there are a couple of he has a couple of moments a game where he really does look um, like like the occasions got to him, and then he manages to steady himself and and, and is able to kick on. Um, and I, I I really like what I've seen of him. He looks very um, very calm and composed on the ball, um, and he's he's a big lad too, which I think you know obviously without Mina being being there, and um, with with the you know, the comments that we've all made about the, the lack of a, of a physical presence in that defense. I think he's, he could be an imp- important component. Um, I'd, I'd be, I'd be surprised if he went back three against Wolves, but I would hope that the, uh, you know, as you say, the away games, um, maybe he starts out that yeah. way at Palace, just to keep things, um, to keep things tight early on, you know, with a cup tie, it's a slightly different, slightly different dynamic because you need to win at some point. Um, but that's going to be an interesting one to see. But, uh, uh, with with wolves coming up, I mean, I don't want to harp too much on on individuals, but uh, there are some key components in the side which obviously didn't work um, and haven't worked. Um, one of them is is up front, obviously with Dominic Calvert Lewin, who's clearly finding his way back from a pretty significant injury um, and all the uh, the mental challenges that, that sort of go with being out for that long. Um, we we he's he's the kind of player that really needs specific kind of service which we really are not delivering to him right now and so my 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 key my key concern with him is is he is he too limited for for the way that we're playing right now and is it worth using him as a substitute rather than starting with him um you know and do do we sort of if Damari Gray's back for instance do we rely on his pace and his movement together with that of Anthony Gordon and, and playing Richarlison in what is his preferred position. Uh, what, what do you guys think? Um,
2: that's a tough one, isn't it? Really, um, I, I see what you mean. Richarlison's obviously very effective up top, and he's proved that. I, I, yeah, I suppose like I know I never said a minute ago, I was quite happy to start online. But the one thing that did raise an eyebrow out was was Dominic starting the game is I wondered, wondered if he was fit enough, having just come back from another little niggle. I wondered, like, yeah, we'd, we'd done quite well with Richarlison up top there. Um, in the, the last game against um, against Man City and the other home game against Leeds, he's one of the. Oh no, Calvert Lewin against Leeds, didn't he? Um, anyway, um, yeah, it's all it looked quite well against the uh, Man City. It, I didn't. Yeah, I was a bit surprised that that, that he changed that. I see what you mean. I, yeah, I think it was against Leeds Cavallo and played. I remember. I remember thinking he makes a heck of a difference up there. Just just that you you know that it's just a, it's it's a different option, isn't it? It's it's you can go up you, you can go direct if you need to. Um, I don't know. It's I'm I'm not the one to make that decision. I guess I'm not too sure what to do with that. Um, what I find when it, when it's Carvalho and Richarlison playing, it it kind of goes a bit almost a bit four four two ish. If you know what I mean, and like Richarlison, if if you could if you could, could stick to that flank a bit more on one side, and then say Gordon or Gray on the other, then then you could be in maybe could be in business. But I don't know. It just seems to get a bit muddled, doesn't it, with the two of them uh, up top together somehow that doesn't like quite seem to stick somehow to me. I can't I can't quite put my finger on why. But uh yeah, I'm, I'm a bit can't give you much use on that. I'm a bit, bit torn on what to do to be honest. I couldn't really give you a, a definitive answer on what I think should happen with that. I'm, maybe I haven't really given it a lot of thought and been too busy sulking these last couple of days to think about uh, <laughs> who should start out front in the next game. So uh I'm not too sure then to be honest on that one.
1: Well, you forget about Rondon as well. Uh, oh, you know. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh the elephant in the room. Um uh, yeah, I mean that, that that is a tricky one to answer. I mean, I, I going going two up top with Richardson and Calvert Lewin against sides where you may be matching them up, you know, if we were playing the likes of, say, a Burnley who tend to play a four four two would make sense. Even though I don't necessarily think they've they've got that kind of natural um Kind of relationship as a front pairing um on paper they have you know big guy sort of quicker more mobile guy, but Richardson isn't necessarily as kind of easy to kind of you know pin down as that, and likewise Calvert lewin although very effective when fit i mean he 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 didn't really look at the races against spurs, not not that anyone did really um but he, he didn't even seem to be doing the kind of things he was doing last year where he'd sort of, you know, pluck one out of the air on his chest, you know, and kind of like make something happen, you know, even win a sort of throw in further up the pitch. He didn't really seem like he, he wanted to be involved. I mean, there was that kind of one snapshot that, that went wide. Um, but I, I can't really remember him sort of, you know, giving the Spurs defenders much of a problem, much to think about. Um it was kind of reminiscent, to be honest, of some of the earlier sort of Rondon performances in the season. I thought, you know, pretty anonymous. Um, I mean, I, I guess it, it depends what sort of side, you know, we're coming up against. I think Gordon at the minute looks pretty much undroppable, which is, you know, kind of amazing when you think about where, I guess, you would have put him at the start of the season, you know, on the back of a disappointing loan at, at Preston and, you know, somebody who'd shown flashes, but he he's probably, you know... I I think you guys said it in the last pod, he's probably the first name on the team sheet at the minute. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Gray, when fit, um, on one flank with Gordon on the other, would kind of compensate a bit for some of that lack of pace that we have kind of in the middle of the park. Um, So whether that was sort of either side of, say, Richarlison against Wolves at the weekend, if Gray's fit, that is, um, that's maybe what I'd go for and then. Uh, as I think you said Linda maybe sort of thinking about Calvert Lewin on the bench as a as an impact maybe, you know, if we're, you know, touch wood, uh struggling to, to score. Um but yeah, it's I I I do think that the lack of pace, I, I spoke about the back four and I think it's it's the same through the middle. We we really do look sluggish at times. Um and we bought in Van der Beek who can move the ball quicker, but I d I don't yeah. know, like like I say, apart from Gordon, Gordon looks lightning quick at times. And I don't know if that's because he is pretty quick or just because some of the players around him um, <laughs> are so sluggish and slow. Um, it's, it's it's maybe another argument um, for kind of playing the three at the back, I guess, because then maybe the fullbacks when they do bomb on, aren't going to be caught out as much. So we can get more of a service for someone like a Richarlison or Calvert-Lewin if he's playing um, because, as we saw against Spurs, when the fullbacks bomb on and they're not the quickest in the first place, then yeah, we we look really exposed. So, I mean, it's it's it, it, it's it's a tricky one for Lampard. I think there's but, but there's other players as well who we really don't know much about. I, I don't know what sort of player El Ghazi is because um, you know apart from sort of seeing him inevitably pearl one against us a couple of years ago, I've mm-hmm. I've not <laughs> really seen um much from him yet to sort of work out whether he would maybe offer us a different dimension. Um we've seen little flashes of Deli Alley, but again, you know, it's it's reliant on the sort of system around him kind of fitting that. So tricky decisions for a Wolves game. I I, I do have a feeling that he, he he might kind of um he might go with in the middle if Gray's fit. I think if not, then it'll be pretty much the same kind of front three but maybe rejigged a little at the back. But um, And then the Newcastle game after, it's whether he kind of tries to do what he did in the away game against Newcastle, and that, that was three at the back, but obviously injuries kind of scuppered a little bit of what he had planned there. But whether we try and uh, play that system against them, um, big decisions, ones uh, I'm not equipped to make. <laughs>
0: <laughs> None of us are. <laughs> <unfortunately>. <laughs> yeah, I think obviously the uh, the Newcastle team will depend very much on on what happens against Wolves, um, yeah. who uh, they're on a what are they on a three match losing streak themselves. Oh, um, really. So I'm hoping that. Uh, you know, that they're, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm only just, we uh, only uh, that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bloody! <drink>. Uh, <laughs> <already. laughs> <laughs> but um you know hopefully they'll be uh they'll be dealing with their their first sort of uh you know, sort of cracks of doubt under bruno large I, I, there was some comment that he made about his players that kind of raised my eyebrows and thought okay maybe he's got a few issues of his own so um well, long long may that continue long may that be the case um but yeah we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what happens
2: I think um you mentioned though, like just looking at defence, um, the pace pace at the back or lack of, is a real worry, isn't it? I think uh, for that reason alone, you can see Ben Godfrey being in the team somehow. I don't know which <clears throat> now how that works. whether he does go through the back, I think he'd probably end up just sticking him at left back. To be honest, I mm-hmm. think and just uh, just leaving Coleman at right back, and he's got a bit more pace and it doesn't does an effective job there and you'll get forward at least and yeah he can't use his left foot but it's just pace aggression is i think it is aggression is his as biggest as quality uh ben and that that just might just get people going a bit you know you know what it's like when you if you can make some good early tackles and get stuck in it can really help get the goodison goodison crowd going a bit more so i can see ben being involved somehow um top end of the pitch yeah but I, would, I wouldn't really know um yeah, Anthony, the um, just struck me watching him watch the other day against the Tottenham by, by a mile, our best player on the pitch, by a mile our most committed player on the pitch, but what, mm. the, the one who just wouldn't stop going all game, and that's kind of almost a problem because like he did, he did a lot of things which which were incorrect, i.e., you know stayed on the ball too long or. Gave, gave the wrong pass or whatnot and that's not me trying to criticise him. that's just the um, the nature of having young players you, you've got to let young players make the mistakes um, and he's kind of the only one I think at times they're brave enough to try brave enough to try you know and that's just one of them one of them things it's just it, it's it's frustrating because we should really be in a position where you know we should be able to protect Gordon a little bit and pull him out a couple of times because he's, you know, he's, um, you know, when, when he's making mistakes and I think even against Borden and Ward, I think he was getting a bit of stick, wasn't he? And stuff like that. We should be able to protect them more, but such is our position. We feel like we've got kind of no choice but to play him. Yeah, I mean, it that, that, says a lot about how well he's done. Um, just, yeah, I think we've just got to be be patient with him at times, as you do with all young players, and let, let him make some mistakes at times because it's the way it is with young players. And, yeah, it was uh, I felt sorry for Anthony the other day because he was the only one who was sort of really, really – it felt like it meant a lot more to him than, than to most of the others, it felt like. So, um, yeah, just credit to that lad. He just keeps on going, doesn't he?
0: It's been like that most of the season, though, hasn't it? I mean, he's 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 the one who was fronting the crowd, was it at Brentford? Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, the you know he he was the one who was confronted by that fan uh, after the derby. I mean, it, it's it's clear, crystal clear, how much he cares. Um, and for me, for that reason alone, I want him in the team. I want someone who really feels, you know, the the, the desperation of the situation and is is committed hundred percent to doing everything that he possibly can to turn it around.
1: Yeah, and I think he's. He's someone who plays well when we play poorly as a side, whereas we've got a lot of other players, some around the fringes, some some in the side who only really look good when we're two 0 up. You know, I think uh, you know the prime example is someone like an Andre Gomez who looked great against Brentford when we're sort of you know when we're already sort of in control. You know, he's pinging balls across. You think, oh, he's great. You know, um, but I think the likes of him, I mean, Van der Beek. Uh, Although, I think he started pretty well for us. I mean, he's got kind of form um, from Manchester United with that way. He looks a little low on confidence. And I think, again, someone who sort of, you know, the game passed him by on Monday. Whereas, yeah, Gordon, uh, someone who really we should be sort of treating, I don't know, I I don't want to compare him. I'm not comparing him to Phil Fone. I think they're different sorts of players. But in the same way, City sort of introduced him gradually into the team. Yeah. with with Gordon now, like you say, he's not just kind of you know front and center on the pitch, but he's kind of you know having to deal with the you know the sort of rancor of the fans when when we play poorly. It's not really how it should be. There should be sort of more experienced players who are sort of holding their hands up. Um, sometimes they are literally holding their hands up. We did that a few times against Spurs <laughs> yeah. as well. But that, that that shouldn't shouldn't be the case. I think there's there's players in there. I mean, even even Alan on. Um, on Monday. Um, and again, sort of pace, uh, it, it, it really sort of was apparent. I think he, he's someone who who had an off day um, and really, you know, when when you're that experience, when you played at that higher level, when you're being shown up by a kid who's, you know, sort of, you know, young from the academy and yeah, as I said before, was sort of, you know, barely getting a game for pressing in the championship not too long ago. That, you know, on the one hand, great—we've got a good, you know, young player with potential who obviously loves the club. But the negative side is it, you know, where, you know, where, where's where's the sort of you know experienced um, sort of nows you'd expect from others around him? It's it's not it's not always apparent. It is on certain days, you know, you see it against Leeds when we're winning, see it against Brentford when we're winning. Um, not always on the bad days, and that's that's worrying.
0: Yeah, I mean that that midfield three obviously it's worked very well at home. Um, but my, my issue with, uh, with Monday night was the fact that there wasn't one of them that was assigned the role of actually just sitting, mm. um, you know, Alain wants to go forward. Van der Bake obviously is a more attack-minded player. Um, Decore is up, you know, up and down, up and down the pitch. Um, and, and I think one of them probably Alain should have been instructed to, to, you know, to, to keep his position and, and, and hang back, um. Uh, the the lack of pace. I mean, if, if it's if it's set up in the right way and and things are clicking, then it's not as big an issue. If you've got the likes of Gordon and uh, Gray in the side, you've got obviously Decore, who's got legs. Um, you know, Alan's not fast, but he gets around. Mm. Um, and obviously, if, if 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 the system is correct um, and things are going our way, then it can work very well. But it, when it's not, and you've got you know all three of them, pretty much doing whatever they want. You know, you can, you, we saw on Monday just how quickly things can can unravel.
2: Yeah, it's a good point that I didn't, such as the chaos, it didn't, it didn't really occur <laughs> to me while, while watching it. Like, hang on, who's sitting here? You know, you just, you'd assume that would just be Alan's job, wouldn't you? Like, you know, you know I'm, not, I'm not saying Alan was deserting his job. He probably wasn't told, <laughs> told to do that. But yeah, you, it just seems quite obvious to me, doesn't it? Just like, Alan, you sit, the core, you go up and down. Van der Beek, you sit a bit ahead and you try and dictate things. It doesn't It doesn't seem... Doesn't seem rocket science, you know? What I mean, so, well, uh, to, to to figure that out in midfield. One other problem we have got, which I, don't, we, we, I thought we might have tried to address in January, um, was we haven't we haven't got anyone that can really put a ball in. Well, Gordon's got the ability to put a, to put a good ball in, um, and he. Uh, he's put a, he's put a few good corners, corners in which have resulted in goals. I think against um, Brentford in the Cup, and I think there was another one at the, the free kick he put in against Chelsea. So he's got the ability to do it, but a lot of the time. Again, and, and it's young players. You have expect expect this will happen. There's a lot of times it's like you know it's it's not really clear in his first man. And again, the pressure shouldn't really always be on Gordon to do that. And none of the others in that team, not one of them, I don't think, have got the ability to put to put a good ball in the box. Um, we had someone, in Luka D, and Luca Dean, obviously, who could put a good ball in, but he wasn't he, he he wasn't allowed to take to take any set pieces, up. and then was sold. Obviously, we had a very very good one, and um, at the start of the season as well, it was. Um, it was also sold so we get it's um it's it's a bit it, it's a big dilemma which it's it, it's a bit astounding we haven't really addressed the amount of time when we had a corner or where if we a chance to get get something in the box we just failed to do it And, and think spurs not the only time that's happened we've had um a lot of corners go out before they come in at times of season as well and stuff like that, you know, it's, uh, it's a, bit, a bit alarming because it's an opportunity, isn't it? And if we just, you know, when we get a free kick around the box, do you, do you ever think, hmm, yeah, you know, you might might get this one in here? You never really think we're going to score. Um, it's, yeah, it's just a, uh, it's just it's it's just the thing, if you can get a good delivery in the box from a set piece, it just always gives you an opportunity, Um and uh, it's just something we just it just feels like it's always going to be a blank when it comes to that, really, and that's yeah, it's something I'm just a bit surprised Everton didn't didn't address in uh in January.
0: Well, that's the issue. Isn't
1: Lots it? of We've... things we didn't address. Well,
2: well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. True. They were too busy doing other stuff, weren't they? But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and that's the thing as well. We've also, you know, as well as losing. The set piece side from Danya. We've also we've lost a lot of that balance on the left hand side. I know there's there's mitigating mm-hmm. factors with Michalenko. Um but then he, even then there was there was a bit of naivety in that signing because he was he was probably a signing we should have made a year or so earlier. You know, as a kind of an able deputy who could sort of you know bring in and you know gradually introduce to the game. Um, likewise with Patterson, and instead we've thrown two players who don't really look ill, uh, who don't look equipped. Uh, for a, a sort of relegation dog fight, hence why we're playing Coleman and Kenny. Um, which you know, a, again at the start of the season would have would have been pretty unthinkable. I think I think most fans would have been thinking we'll be you know hopefully bringing in some kind of you know senior right back to you know gradually you know sort of ease Coleman out in the same way we did with uh, Dean and Baines. And obviously, no one expected Luke Dean to uh, to be sold. Um, and, and as a result, we've lost a lot of balance. We've lost a left a left footed. Uh, you know, outlet on that side. Um, you know, we've 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 played so many different people at left back by now. Uh, you know, Andros Townsend played at left back in was, was that the Newcastle yeah. game or in yeah. the sort of in a, in a five? Um, mm-hmm. Godfrey, I mean, God, Godfrey's done okay out there from from. I think was it was was he left back in the Arsenal game? Um, the Arsenal game, yeah. Was, um, yeah. So may, maybe that's something. You know, obviously with him coming back again for that sort of. Um, mobility and aggression you were chatting about before, Paul, but um, but I, I think you're completely right. We, you know, and again it goes back to sort of the onus being on Gordon a lot of the time. You know, he's he's gone from you know being sort of you know fringe youth player to set piece taker as well. Um, sometimes he gets it right. His delivery's good at times, but it's of course it's not going to be as consistent as uh, you know sort of some of the more senior players and Townsend who. Seems like he's got a set piece in him. Is is just a bit of a, I don't know. I don't know what sort of player I'm. Just I'm still sort of surprised every time I see his name on, you know, on a sort of. Team. I, I'm surprised he plays for us. Um, and um, yeah, we've. Apart from those two, is is there anyone else really sort of want to take a free kick? Probably not. Well,
0: Charleston wants to, but he doesn't, wants to, have, yeah. he doesn't have the greatest of success with the with it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I see, Demarley Gray takes the odd corner, doesn't he? But yeah, never, never to any real success. I don't think. I don't think he'd be on three kicks. So, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think it would just be. good. It's largely largely Gordon, isn't it? Really, he's on a on free kick duty. So it's. Uh, yeah, again, another another responsibility he's got in in this in this team now, and it's it, it's just asking an awful lot on him. I'm not saying he can't he, he can't carry that responsibility. He seems very capable of it. Mm-hmm. I just I think it's a little unfair, and I think Everton should be. Should be in a position where they can protect them a bit better than they are. But such as the such as the mess we found ourselves in, we we just can't afford to do that. And he's uh and uh he's he's rightly uh, the first name on the team sheet um because he's he's carrying the fight, isn't he? More than more than most, he's uh you know he's he's, he's not going to take this lying down. And uh, a lot of the others, particularly away from home, are doing that. And um yeah it's yeah good on him. Anthony just just keeps on going, doesn't
0: he? Yeah needs a goal. That's what he needs. He needs he a does, goal. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Sunday will be, will be his time and we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, let's move on to our, uh, weekly question, which this week concerns the most controversial incident you've seen in a game. Who wants to kick off?
2: Okay. Um, it would naturally be a a Derby game. Um, It's the Graham Paul one, which I just found absolutely... I I was right behind that. I think that was the first season I started really going the game all the time. And, uh, yeah, obviously, when uh, anyone not familiar, it was a... three kicks to Liverpool just inside or just outside their own, their own penalty area in like the, the 92nd minute or, you know, 90 second and 30, 92nd minute and 30 seconds or something like that with three, three minutes of added time of the clock. And uh, Sander Vestaval took the free kick, it hit Don Hutchison in the back, bounced into the goal, and as the ball's crossing the line, um, and Paul blew for full time. And it was just a sense, of, a sense of absolute bewilderment in the in the stadium. No one, yeah, you know, we saw it going in. we were like, everyone's cheering, but at the same time, what's happened there? It was hard to tell, and then nobody quite figured out what had happened at the time. We didn't really. We did, it was just a, a bit of like a bit of surprise. No one could quite fathom. Well, hang on, yeah, surely he hasn't just blown the whistle just just for full time, just as it was crossing. You know, you thought there must have been something else at the time. It was only obviously when you got back in the car or got on the way home or whatever else, and you got back home and, and, and read about it or or whatnot it was just like he just couldn't believe it. that's what happened and yeah he's come out i think he's come out since and said it's the biggest mistake he uh he he, he ever made it's a bit like the mike Riley apology the other day isn't it it's like oh great but yeah, <laughs> yeah. doesn't do an awful lot for us does it so yeah to be yeah, you know derby wins obviously are, are pretty scarce for us like so, so, so for be de- to be denied one by the referee blown for full time as the ball's crossing the line is uh take some beating i would say so that's probably the one that sticks in my mind most when uh, when i think about things like that
0: yeah that was mine I'm sorry. <laughs> that was mine as well and i i mean i, I couldn't couldn't have been i suppose i, I wasn't right next to you because i would think i was right towards the back of the gladys for that one but it was it was, oh, it was there, more you? Or less, yeah it was more or less behind me as well and i was i just could not believe it um but then there's also that small part of you as I like, well of course <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things that, yeah, of course he's blown the whistle because I'd love to have known what was going through his mind, or maybe maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just kind of an instinctive thing where, you know, this is going to decide a derby match. Um, do I spare the goalkeeper's blushes? Um, but, you know, when you, when you think about, you know, the amount of time that the ball spends out of play um, and the, the kind of amount of leeway that sometimes referees give, around the amount of stoppage time you know there's 30 seconds here you know more or less sometimes it's a minute or two and you kind of like, well, where's that time come from yeah. i mean just for a few seconds to allow the ball to cross the line i just it was <laughs> i was absolutely furious but um yeah and it was still, still time within time. and
2: it's still within that three minutes as well wasn't it like sort of like 15 seconds early as well so it wasn't even like it was even even over the yeah. time anyway or something like that i forget exactly but yeah <laughs> so yeah so uh, how many years was that? That was that was twenty. That was, oh God, that was twenty-two years ago.
1: There you I'm go. <laughs> well, scars I'd, don't heal. They, yeah, no, yeah. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say I, uh, I was gonna do a derby on as well, and um, I was I was gonna do the the Klattenberg derby, which then um, in my sort of pity party where I was watching uh, horrible things on YouTube today, uh, that that was one of them. Um, but then it feels sort of. Wrong to call that a controversial incident because it's just more like sort of one man's vendetta. Um, how to sort of ruin my uh, adolescence, um, particularly particularly the dirt cow tackle. It's just it, it beggars belief, even even watching it back now. But um, I was I was going to pick actually in terms in terms of a single incident. Um, it's, it, I, w- I wasn't actually at the game because uh, it was over in Spain. But the um, I thought the disallowed uh, Duncan Ferguson goal. Um, in the uh, Champions League uh, qualified just for the sheer kind of poetry that it was, you know, this incredibly, you know, respected referee uh, who sort of came back for like one last heist, and you know, managed to steal um, a sort of really, a really sort of perfect moment. And it, you know, the whole kind of sliding doors moment of it, I guess it, that, that felt controversial at the time, but then also, yeah, just another sort of nearly moment. Um, um, but then I, I don't know. I, th- I think I, I know you discussed it at length um, last week. But the the Man City game still fresh, and I guess what really rankles with that, and you know, the instant you mentioned the Graham Paul one's as you say bizarre, um, and he comes out and says it's a mistake. The Kalina one bizarre, but subjective. I think um, I think that's what makes last week's decision so controversial because it <laughs> it was it it was sort of checked you know or it should have been checked again and that's that's what makes that really really still kind of tough to swallow to be honest because i think um i don't think there's any subjectivity with that it wasn't one person's mistake it was a you know well at least at least one person's mistake in uh, in mavara hq and also just the whole system that's based on but um yeah could could talk about that again for ages couldn't we so uh <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll not dig it up again too much.
2: <laughs> I think the big thing with that one, the the Duncan one, was the the the, the consequence of it. You know, like it. So, yeah. yeah so we we'd have gone two up then, wouldn't we? With um, I don't know. So that would have uh, what was the deal? I don't know. If, would, would that have forced extra time? I think at the time, I, I, I forget exactly how it was. But um, yeah. They yeah, won two so, one yeah. first leg. Like, that 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 yeah. would have been a two one. It was in the seconds. That would have been extra time. Um so yeah, I mean so I thought i like, oh go Everton 100 percent would have gone through there, but it's just denied that chance to uh, to mm. actually make it into the Chambers League there. And yeah, it was it was it was so it was so cruelly unfair, wasn't it? it um I was thinking that I thought it, somehow it, it escaped my mind it was actually the Duncan Ferguson so I was just thinking the whole situation with Kleenham and how we how we didn't get allowed, yeah, you know, we weren't really essentially allowed into the Champions League that year. Um but yeah, it's uh I'd probably go with that one actually over over the Graham Paul one, just purely because of the repercussions of it um, and the you know the, the 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 consequence of not being able to have that chance to to maybe get into the next round of the Champions League. So it was a uh, yeah, it was really really tough to swallow that, wasn't it?
1: Simon Davis at the Burner you know, it, it all could have been so sweet you know, <laughs> but we'll never, we'll never know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right. Well, on that more cheery note, uh, we'll do it for another week. All right. Thanks to Adam and Paul and everyone who's listened and supported the podcast so far. Uh, we'll be back again around the same time next week to discuss what will hopefully be a win over Wolves and uh, blues everywhere breathing just a little bit easier. Uh, until then, take care and please come on, you blues.